Welcome to the Color of Influence podcast, where you will hear stories from amazing people of color from around the world, from social media, and right here in our communities. Their stories will inspire you, encourage you, and motivate you. I am your host, Aisha Morgan, and let's meet today's guest. Today's episode is another great one, y'all. I get to sit down with Anthony Butler to have a great conversation about life after divorce. We dive into all aspects of relationships. Um, You know, we took accountability for our part in some of our past relationships, and we also talked about what it means to be happy moving forward. This conversation was very thorough, very needed, much needed, um, so much so that it is a part one and a part two. And so without further ado, here is part one of my conversation with Anthony. Here with my good friend, Anthony, today, and we are going to have a great conversation about some relationship topics. Um, So, Ant, let's just go ahead and get into it. Why don't you tell the people who you are so we can get right into our discussion? Um, yeah, my name's Anthony, Anthony Butler, if we want to talk government and different things like that, but I'm a good friend of Isha's, you know, we grew up together. Um, obviously, you know, as we've journeyed into adulthood, our relationship has changed and having conversations about adult things is something that, you know, we do now. And that's what we're going to talk about as far as like who I am, like little things like that. Um, I work in healthcare, you know, I'm an associate director. Um, I manage home care agencies, you know, run of the mill type of stuff. You know, we, we all do something to get paid. Um, but more importantly, I'm a dad, you know, I'm a father. And that's like number one in my book right now. And that runs along the lines of like the conversation we're talking about right now, like life after divorce. So I think I'm kind of like a subject matter expert when it comes to some of those things, especially yeah. when it comes to new dad. My son is young. Um, but as far as like interests, hobbies and all this, I know the same match.com. So nobody probably cares. <laughs> Listen, you never know. Somebody yeah, know, might right? hit me up and be like, hey. <laughs> I'm trying to holler at your boy. <laughs> exactly. You never know. You never know. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, that ain't really the focus, but that's who I am in a nutshell, you know? Yeah. So clearly we're going to be talking about life after divorce. So why don't you tell us how you met your ex-wife? Oh, man. You know, I'll say that. And I don't want to say anything because I like to joke. I don't want to say anything that like sounds crazy. But I'll just say this. Like online dating is the devil. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, That's how we met. Um, You know, we met. We talked for probably way longer than what. You should online. <laughs> I probably talked to her like <laughs> messaging her for like at least six to eight weeks um, before we like met in Philadelphia. And then, you know, we went on that first date and like the rest was his- history. You know, what I thought at the time was like perfect match. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know? I mean, listen, I met my current boyfriend online. I met my ex-husband online. I met some other people that I'm just like cool with right now that it started as dates, but you know, that just wasn't our thing, but we're friends. So it just, it's a progression. And Isha, like first of all, you know, I ain't going to stop online dating. I ain't say I was going <laughs> to stop. 
I just know they are among us. <laughs> you know, well, let it, me say this. So mm-hmm. like for me, my experience, when I met my ex-husband, I felt like I should think outside the box and like go against my normal type of person. Right. Okay. Um, you know, things seemed like they were good. And then some red flags came up and I kind of ignored it over time. Um, but in general, you know, I felt like maybe I needed a different type of person. Okay. So for you, like, what did you, what drew you to her? You know, I think at the time, like I was really big on lists, you know, um, my prayer life was still strong at the time. And I was more focused on like, let me get some clarity, you know, I'm trying to figure out exactly what it is I'm looking for, because like I'm dating this one, I'm dating that one, sometimes more than one at the same damn time, mm-hmm. you know, and then you start to think like, what do I need to necessarily make a relationship work? So that's when I started like drilling down and like, let me write this, you know, and, and figure out if there's a person that exemplifies that. Um, I think we've all heard of like that 80, 20 rule. Um, not quite sure where I fall on that now, because maybe that's <laughs> like the bullshit that kind of set me up for things not working out, feeling like I could work through some things that obviously weren't um, there to begin with, you know, especially yeah. Like red flags and different things like that. But I got to that point where I was like, this is it. This is everything. I'm good. I'm 33 at the time. Um, let me just, and and not like a, a, a decision based off of like fact. Mm-hmm. Obviously it was like a ton of emotion. I, I, I'm an air sign. I kind of run off of emotion. So it was just uh, everything on paper almost confirmed the feelings that I was having that said, Hey, this was, this was a good move. So there was definitely like that, um, assurance yeah per se to say hey this is the right way to go you know prior i thought my questions were answered and i was good (laughs) (laughs) no so throughout like things that happened um clearly it did not work out how long were you married so you know like drilling back on those things we dated for two and a half three years before we got married we were married for one and a half, two good years, Okay, you know what I'm saying? And then going through a divorce for like another two years, you know? So once that was like all done, it, you know, it almost felt like we were together for like, you know, seven, eight years, but all of them weren't good. I think up until, you know, our son was, you know, obviously on his way. And once he was born, like that was kind of, not necessarily the catalyst, definitely not, but it was the sign of the times that like he came in and then something ended. Um, so we were together, you know, like the dating and, and, and the marriage and being together under, you know, one roof a little over, you know, six years. So not very long. Um, but still, uh, I would say impactful, you know, especially like if you're intelligent and you pay attention to, to anything, like you're supposed to learn no matter what it is. So like we definitely experienced a lot of growth um, during those times being under the same roof, like, you know, what we could tolerate, what we couldn't tolerate. And for me, you know, just thinking about, you know, what was important as far as what do you need to have, I guess, what we would consider a good life over an extended period of time. Like you start to reevaluate those things, you know, at least we, you know, because obviously every marriage or partnership or anything um, doesn't work out that way. 
but it was one of those things like we hit a turning point, you know, kind of early on, we hit it head on, you know, did the counseling and all those different things. Um, but then you just start to realize like, you're like two ships sailing in the night, you know, and, and we're going in different directions. <laughs> yep. I can, you know, to that. I can absolutely. Listen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that, um, for me, like in my situation, it was one of those, like, not that I thought people were going to judge me, but I was trying to like last a little bit longer. Like, yeah. For us, I feel like in in our age group, we just witness people stay together, can't stand each other, live in the same house, have kids together. And that's just how their relationship yeah. is. And so um, initially, you know, when things started going south, I'm like, look, I, could, I can do this. I can figure this out. We're going to make this work. I'm not going to be like everybody else where we just, like you said, two ships in a night, like yeah. we walk by, past each other, don't say anything. You know, I do my thing, you do your thing. And it was like, what am I doing? <laughs> like, yeah, you want to know, like something that you you touched on and like I just wanted to get into a little bit more was like previously before how we would see like our aunts and uncles and people in our family and sometimes our parents in some cases where like they stayed in these relationships through thick and thin yeah. and it was a badge of honor you know what i'm saying like people got their stars and stripes on their shoulder and they sit there and they i'm not gonna say they glamorize it but it's something to be respected and to be honest i just think the world has changed like some of those relationships were based off necessity you yeah. know like you needed to incomes to support yourself and now we're just in a different age we're like muff i can cuss on nigga i don't need you <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's it's a little bit different when it comes to like our tolerance level. Um, and I don't think that like people got to put up with the bullshit. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is if you could just be like deuces, I think that uh, a lot of people, you know, are very reluctant to try to understand the other person if it's not familiar and it, it's not easy because marriage is work. You know, yeah. like, like, let's backtrack and start there. Marriages work. It's never easy. Um, it's just like, what are you willing to work for? Mm -hmm. You know, and nowadays it's, it's just so much easier to just keep it pushing because there's a level of comfort when you only have to depend on yourself. There's autonomy, there's control, and there's something that's in us that says like, yo, I don't really need to deal with you. Yeah. And not that that's a good or a bad thing. I'm just saying like things have changed. Um, but it is definitely something that like I see in the older generation where even with counseling and, you know, talking to, let's just say people in the clergy, where they try to understand like where the hiccups, where the failures and for, for us, you know, there wasn't one thing that you could necessarily put on it and say like, that's bad enough to get divorced. Yeah. Now if she's on the podcast. She might come up and say some other bullshit. <laughs> 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 but but real talk, like our relationship wasn't like that. It, it wasn't one of those marriages where, you know, like when we walk in the house, you like we about to hear some yelling later or, you know, no fights, no physical, no, no things like that. But there was obviously tension. And that's 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 the big change. You know, like that's that's what I see. Like people have to we got to muscle up just a little bit more. And if that's not the case, then the world has changed and I'm still trying to adapt to, you know, maybe monogamy is not as real as we think it is. 
Yeah. We'll talk about that later. And I, think <laughs> that, I think one of the things too, is that like, um, like we value ourselves more too. Like, I think mm-hmm. that we, um, we weren't necessarily the struggle generation. Mm-hmm. So we've, yes, we've worked to get where we are, but in that we also realized like there's things I'm just not going to tolerate. And that comes with like your jobs and your relationships and your friendships and your family. Like we're not the generation of like just tolerating it and moving on. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like we speak up more, you know, if things are not the way that we think they should be, you know, it's like, all right, let's try to fix it. Mm -hmm. But I'm only going to go, but so far, like, I'm not about to ruin my peace of mind and my mental stability because you're not willing to like, come with me on this journey to like fix this. Yeah. You know, I think the, some of the important elements inside of what you said are like, so like we're talking growth, right? But inside of growth, there's adaptation. Yeah. Like you do got to change to a certain extent, like if you want to survive. So in this context, like you're trying to survive your marriage, not that it's like hell and brimstone or anything like that, yeah. or fire and brimstone rather. Um, but it is something that you got to work through that, that you have to survive. But inside of that ad- adaptation, like you also have evolution, like you're supposed to become something new. And like the the side piece, <laughs> how appropriate to, to this conversation <laughs> in context is I think like, yeah, we have all this independence and different things that like, hey, we can, you know, like rely on ourselves. But I think that also we didn't give ourselves the opportunity to become something new to a certain extent, you know, and that's where like when you're growing and you get to a certain point inside of any relationship. You know, like you're going to meet some highs and some lows and you're going to be a different person. But I think we needed to give ourselves, you know, and I, I'm saying this in general, not just me and, and, and my ex-wife, but in general, you just you have to allow yourself to be redefined, mm-hmm. you know, be redefined as like a husband, as a wife. Um, be OK with being codependent, you know, yeah. be OK with joint decisions and different things like that, because it has changed. And, you know, I, the last piece to this point in the conversation I wanted to make was like our culture has changed you know everything from the music you know the images that we see on tv it it propagates you know (laughs) a stereotype mindset um that sometimes if you're not even paying attention to it you kind of like fall victim to like the bullshit you know yeah so with relationships yeah evolve now I filed for divorce did you file or did she file? Oh, you want to take it there, Isha? Listen, I just asked no, you one take it question. There. <laughs> well, you trying to out me, son? No, because <laughs> nah, I think you that, that matters. Yeah. That does I matter. I mean, come on, man. You know I like to talk shit. But uh, yeah. yeah, she filed on me. So let me keep it funky with you how the shit happened. Okay. So we were going back and forth, you know, about when I could see my son. You know me. I'm a real easygoing guy. Yeah. I don't really negotiate with like my son. (laughs) Like some things are just like, they're not up for discussion. And, and that's one of them. I was going to see her and my son at her parents' house. Like I couldn't like go pick them up or anything like this. This is not court ordered. Let me add that. This is me trying to work with this woman 
while we going through like counseling and everything else to try to fix things and see whatever. But I also know that like she's in control of my son right now. Yeah. And it's a problem and I don't like it. Um, We couldn't get through it, you know, and like there were some times where like I even told her parents, like, I know that like this is what I'm doing. But when I come to see my son, like I need you to back off. Yeah. So I can spend some quality time with him. No disrespect. Um, things weren't happening the way that I wanted them to happen. <clears throat> I went to the court to file for like parenting time so I could at least just have them when I wanted them. Uh, of course, as soon as that happened, like day later, when she's like, yo, you went to the courts to do this, she filed for <laughs> divorce. <laughs> okay. You know, and it was one of those things where like, I, I mean, it's my son. I mean, I could do whatever I want. Like, if I want to come pick him up from your parents' house, that like they have no rights as grandparents, you know. But I never wanted to make my son uncomfortable, so I dealt with it as long as I could. It, eventually, it just got to that point where, like, I actually need intervention. Yeah. And that intervention is it. It was definitely a, a spark for her to be like, "Yo, I'm not dealing with this person anymore because I need to have things my way." So, like, that was when she filed the papers, and I, I'm not gonna say why. She's tired of my bullshit. I mean, <laughs> our relationship was, you know, it, it was over, but it was one of those things that was like, you want to know what I'm mad again. Yeah. Okay. So once like everything happened and you're now divorced, like officially, because you said it took what, two years? Yeah, it took about close to two. Yeah. Now, was it two divorce or two for custody? So we combined everything under one docket. Okay, gotcha. You know, so it wouldn't take extra long. So, and I, and I'll backtrack. What had happened initially was we went to a mediator, mm-hmm. and we were discussing our divorce with a mediator. And I'm not gonna lie, I had a little. I still had hope. You know, like I'm foolish sometimes. You know, glass is always half full with me. Yeah. And at the time, I was like, man, shit, we might even reconcile. Now I'll pay the man. But if we still going to date, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> let's just see if we can work this out, yeah. you know? Um, we went through that after conversations with the meteor, and it almost was like we was at a stalemate. I was like, let's just for forego all of this, you know? And, and, Got it, yeah. And that's what kind of added time on to it. Because then after the mediator, then we back in counseling. And then it's like, yeah, you're still not giving me what I want. So I need my son. Like, that's number one. I grew up in a house without a dad. So it was really important for me to be there for my son. So once that happened, it was, uh, yeah, yeah. Two years later. (laughs) So how long now have you been divorced? Oh, shit. You got me counting and I don't even fucking know. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Wait, because I don't know for me either. I think I don't even know. Maybe five. Man, I'm going to just say infinity because time. Look, time is a a construct of man. (laughs) I'm divorced. That's all that matters, baby boo. (laughs) I don't know for me. I, I think like the most important thing is like being healed after divorce, because I think the timeline like, that's what had me fucked up. You know, I'm just, I was thinking about time. And then the piece of it is like, shit, I'm still out there dating. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? I ain't yeah. about to tell these new motherfuckers this is a new divorce. <laughs> 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 shit. At one point, I ain't even going to tell you I'm separated. <laughs> but, like, all jokes aside, fuck the lion. 
it was shame. Yeah. You know, and, and I was more ashamed of any of that because think about it, Ish. Um, subconsciously, you might not take into account for some of your successes in your life, whether it be in school or on the track or in life. Mm-hmm. You're successful, so you're used to winning. And that was the same type of mentality that I was indoctrinated with, like, yo, I'm just, I'm not going to tell nobody I lost. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what I look like. So, yeah, it was, it, it was it, something else, man. Did you also think, like, think about, like, what your family would say because you got a divorce? Because for oh, me, man, like, you want me to keep it funky, man, I was a little bit irritated with my mother. Not that she like was like yeah you should marry this woman but yeah she was like yeah you should marry this woman (laughs) and not that I take my mother's advice like 90% of the time I don't (laughs) only (laughs) only because I like to think for myself um her chiming in gave me confidence you know and it was a confidence that I only give some people to actually yeah. have like some endpoint on like my decision. And I, and not necessarily like I do it because they said to do it, but like I'm actually still thinking about what you said when I do do it, mm-hmm. you know? And that was almost the situation where, you know, like I'm getting input from family. Some people I would never take advice from, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Other people I would. And that weighed heavily. So it, it really made me feel like, you wanna know what? This is the woman for me. Um, the timing of it too, because I was in my thirties, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't want to fuck around for the rest of my life. You know, I know some yeah. people are comfortable with that and I get it. Shit, I'm in the streets now <laughs> to a certain extent, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I understand, you know what I'm saying? I, I understand. But for me, that was definitely something that said, Hey, like you made a good decision. You know, he who finds a wife has found a good thing. And that's what I was thinking that I found. Yeah. So did you I found trash, goddamn. (laughs) (laughs) But were you worried about the then what they would say about the divorce now? Um yeah, back to the original question. Um not really. You wanna know why? And I'm gonna I'm gonna be so this is a little segue. As I get older, I find out all the bullshit that my family been up to before <laughs> yes. I even knew. So, like, these niggas be acting like they ain't never did no bullshit. Ain't right. never seen no bullshit. Been in the church singing hymns their whole fucking life. And that is not the case. Right. So, like, some of the dirt, I'm not saying, like, expose your dirt and, and change my perception of who you are as a man or as a woman. But what I'm saying is you got a little bit of life experience to keep it funky with me. Yeah. So after I had known like some of the ups and downs and what people actually went through. Yeah. I dare you to say something to me. (laughs) (laughs) But see, and you know what? That's what I mean when I say like we're a different generation. Cause to me, like my cousins right now who are like younger and, you know, they're doing their thing. I'll give them fair warning. Like, look, the whole nine. When you thinking about getting married, like it sounds good, but just make sure that these things you are okay with, like you are no longer one. You are two people making one decision. And I know how you are. Are you ready for that? Like I know how you are. Yeah. And it's like, I don't feel like 
some of some of our family because some of my family was like why are you getting married like just straight up for what straight them up purpose you don't have to do that but then it was family that's like you know oh marriage is so great y'all have to try to have kids and blah 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 and like you said i just heard about what happened to y'all like multiple things that happened to y'all in the past year so if you would have told me that in advance Maybe um, my decision would have been a little different had you been more open, but it's the shame of all of what they dealt with. Whereas like some of my family straight up lay it out there. Like, you know, I got divorced and this is why. So you just be careful yeah. <laughs> when you make this decision. And then you have some that are just like, marriage is so great. But then you hear about their marriage after the fact. Like the the stuff that no one you know I would about. I would honestly like to judge them as people while they dated and not look I'm just a blanket statement maybe you were lame <laughs> maybe look maybe that's all you could get maybe yeah. you've only had five relationships in your lifetime and I'm I'm just saying I'm throwing yeah. it out there to play devil's advocate and I'm not saying marriage isn't great because let's just say we could whip up the perfect person for us. Whatever mm-hmm. that recipe is, you put it together, boom, she out the AZ bake oven and we're good. Yeah. If you could do that, then yes, then maybe you would find your way into like the perfect situation. But a lot of times it's not the case. And then not to mention when we talk growth and evolution, and adaptation, that means people change. Yeah. So the person that you see today is not going to be the same person tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And all in all, I think the biggest thing is, we need teachers. Yeah. Right. So I'm not going to get into this, but we had talked before about like our financial literacy and when it came to like middle and generational wealth and different things like that, like we didn't have a teacher, No. you know? Yeah. And not that we come from like super broken homes and poverty or anything like that, but we didn't necessarily have a teacher. I had what appeared to be a teacher, you know, through different relationships but those teachers, to both of our point, like they wouldn't tell the hundred percent truth. Yeah. Like, you know, like let me guard my integrity and dignity, or maybe even my pride, mm-hmm. and make sure that like you don't know what's what. But like I'm forty now, so yeah, all these little secrets <laughs> that like right. they had when they were my <laughs> age, like I know about them now, and I don't judge or care. But I think that that would be really informative. You know, when you share with people like, why do you make these decisions? Or if you get to this point, what are your options? As opposed to you seeing it for the first time and being confused or either staying in that situation for longer than what you need to. Yeah, I could actually give you some good guidance to help you get you right up out of there and moving back in the direction you need to be going. Yeah. And that's the one thing that like, I wish that my family would have been more transparent just to have those types of conversations about you know, the ups and downs of their marriages, whether they're still married or not. Um, Instead of like, now you're getting divorced and it's like, I would have got a divorce years ago, but X, Y, and Z, X, Y, and Z. I'm like, when did that happen? Like, when did that happen? You could have said something that's informative. Like, yeah, I think this is the situation with him too. And, you know, and it's funny. So we get like, pieces of advice right <laughs> right but real deal like some things that people say like you you apply it some like you don't 
in my situation, what you just said, I thought about these fools who I seen who was talking about it's cheaper to keep her. Mm. And I was like, well, shit, I ain't about to live the rest of my <laughs> days so happy. <laughs> like, right. I just, I, I don't have it in me. I'm not going to sit here and fake to you. Like, there are probably some sociopaths out there who could do a way better job at masking that for like the next 40 years than I could. I'm not one of those people. So whether it be like the money or the stress or just faking it, I'm not about that life. <laughs> exactly. That's how I feel yeah, too. Cause I'm not going to do it. It just got to a certain point. Like, honestly, I didn't even tell people I was divorced when I got divorced. I just went home and everybody's asking me questions. I'm like, Oh yeah, we're divorced. It's like, what? Yeah. Like, yeah. The people yeah. who I talk to on a daily basis know I was getting divorced. So, mm-hmm. you know, it is what it is. And it's like, like that told, sometimes. Told my grandma, you know, when I had talked to her one time on the phone and you know what she told me? You have to make sure you're happy. Mm-hmm. What? Like that was like because, you know, older people, you always assume that they would be like, oh, it, you should have prayed or there there wasn't nothing y'all could have done. Nope. She said, you Yo, have to put your real deal and make like, sure you're happy. And I was like, that's <laughs> right, grandma. You're right. And she know. Yeah. So. I had and, you know, we will not like be name dropping or anything like that. Yeah. And I, I mean, it's the Internet, so I'm not going to say anybody, you know, like close circles going to know. But I definitely had somebody close enough to me. Mm-hmm. I got divorced. And I ain't going to say how many kids or wife. I ain't going to drop no clues. You know, Easter eggs in this one. <laughs> but when he found out, he looked me straight in my eye, shook my hand, and said, you're my hero. Wow. You feel me? Yeah. Because of what he was dealing with. Yeah. Like, like you could look at Instagram and Facebook and everything else, man. They look good. They look happy. They still moving forward in life in other areas. Mm-hmm. And not that people need to disclose like their pain or anything like that, but it just goes to show like underneath all of it, like you really do got to make yourself happy. Yeah. And I think that that's the one thing that people have to stop worrying about what other people think. Yeah. And to be honest, that got me into the marriage in the first place. I was so busy worrying about what people thought if I didn't go through with it. And so I just did it knowing that I shouldn't have done it. And yeah, like I, I mean, there were just so many things that happened leading up to the actual wedding day Mm -hmm. that I was just like, I don't, I don't want to do this. Like, this is not the right decision. Like what kind of things? Well, clearly you don't listen to the podcast, Anthony. Because <laughs> <laughs> I have discussed this on Yo. episodes. Well, look, but, I'm going to have to chime in after tonight. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to need you to go back. But it was just things like, you know, I had a miscarriage and like there was just no support. First of um, all, you told me that to my face when we talked. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't need but the you podcast, man. That, that part. You knew that. <laughs> yeah, part. yeah, yeah. All but right, then it right. was just like some just random things. He had suffers, because I'm not gonna say suffered, suffers from some mental illness issues where he just did not want to get help for it. And it yeah, was yeah. just wearing between the two of us. Um, 
And then it just got to a point where I'm like, is this it? Like, are you, are you not going to do anything about this? And Mm -hmm. it was like, he just kind of went off and just became like a different person over the course of time. And the week before, you know, we got married, I was just like, man, I, I don't want to do this. Like, I really, I don't want to do it. And there, you know, you kind of feel pressure because people got plane tickets and like, I didn't care about my money, whatever. My money lost. Other people money. But it was just like, everybody's coming here. And, you know, I had friends that were coming from out of town. So I just did it. And then right after, maybe like a week or two, we had talked about getting an annulment. And again, for me, it was one of those like, let me just see, because now you're saying something different. Now you're, you feel you're saying things that make it seem like you're going to get help that you need to help yourself. Forget about helping us to help yourself. And so it was like short lived that that happened. And, um, you know, over the course of that year, it was just like so many ups and downs to the point where like, I felt like I was no longer myself. And internally, like, you know, if I'm around people, I'm still being the same person, but in some ways, because in some other ways, like I was very short with my athletes and my students, just zero patience. And one of my athletes was like, why do you get so mad at us over nothing? Like you just snap all the time. And I'm like, cause y'all don't do what you're supposed to be doing. So I said that to one of the coaches and he was like, yeah, you kind of do like, <laughs> yeah, you kind of do get mad at them about everything. And I was like, really? He's like, yeah, kind of. Yeah. And then that next year, well, I don't even want to say year, that next couple months that passed, I was like, you know what? Y'all right. Like, I'm just not the same person. And I remember filing for divorce and I came in to work. And the same coach was like, what you been doing? I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, I don't know. You just seem different. You over here laughing with them and kikiing and joking. I was like, oh, yeah, I filed for divorce today. And he's like, ah, yeah, I knew word. it was something. I was like, yeah. That's crazy. Like that that one thing right there, like lighting the bird. Yeah. And you want to so- know what's crazy? <clears throat> Two other people that I knew in that moment were dealing with the same thing. And it was like the same situation mm-hmm. where like they just did like a complete 180. And you like, what you been doing? Like, yeah, you, you know, I, I honestly so not that I thought you would say the same thing. You're a woman and I'm a man. Yeah. So yeah. when we talk red flags and what's going on, I had no idea what you would say. But for a man, yeah. there's only one red flag that we ever see before we get married. And you know exactly what that is. What? Bitches. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh real God, deal. Anthony. That is, that is, for, and I'm going to be honest with you. They don't matter. Yeah. Because the only reason why we asked that woman to, you know, be with us for the rest of our lives is because we've seen everything in her. Mm-hmm. However, leading up to that day, man, you will be tested in some capacity. And I'm not acting like it's like, you know, like, oh, my God, they fall in the bitches, random <laughs> chicks. You know, <laughs> like, it's not like that. But one thing that it, it will make you think is, can I do this? 
let me reevaluate because monogamy is is challenging you know for Mm -hmm. the most part a lot of the pleasure that we get male or female it just comes through the eyes something that's visually pleasurable we just like oh we like this but to say something that i like that i cannot acquire anymore like where does that sit with you for each man you you kind of got to evaluate that yourself so like that was the only thing i was interested to (laughs) hear what you had to say but the other point that you were talking about like how it impacted you in other areas um you know i was getting through like anxiety and everything else you know what i'm saying fighting through some depression and it wasn't initially brought on by like the situation with my ex-wife it was actually brought on by work Mm. i was um you know, I was new to this company like over a decade ago, came in as an associate, left as a director. So inside of a year, I might add. So you, yeah. you can only imagine like that was my life. You know, patients have my phone number. I'm always on. And I was just super stressed. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like to the point where it was like. I'm not really happy. Like I'm doing this. I'm trying to figure out a way out of the rat race, but this, this is not cool. I don't like it. Like for real, I went to college and got a master's. This is my life. Yeah. This sucks. <laughs> yeah. Um, I realized I was burning the candle at both ends because not only was I at work getting, you know, like going through the grind and I could come home and patients might even call me after hours and get the hell on my nerves. Um, I didn't have any relief at home. Yeah. You know, I didn't have somebody who understand, you know, like these are my triggers. Right. And this is how I deal with them. This is how I cope. And I'm not talking like crazy stuff, but like, I'm talking like I'm a play call of duty and I'm a cuss at the screen. You know what I'm saying? Like this, what I do, (laughs) fuck them. They are going to die. And, (laughs) and it was me venting, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, but of course, someone who doesn't understand that may not like it. And there were all these kinds of little things where it was like, okay, so I can't be myself when I come home. Yeah. You know, I actually have to keep this bottled up. I can't say curse words. Oh my God. I'm, I'm like a sailor. I like the curse. <laughs> so I can't, I can't do this. Um, some of the other things that I, I, I had lost passion for over the years, let's just say basketball, mm-hmm. you know, like I used to ball seven days a week. So I'm not doing that. So my outlets were gone. And that's when I really started to feel the burden of dissension yeah. um, and the weight of a marriage that was falling apart. Because I'm like, yo, I actually carry weight 24-7. And then it wasn't until, like I said, like maybe year number four with us being together, mm-hmm. you know, still married, about to have a baby where I'm just like, OK, I'm burning it from both ends. And I actually don't know how much longer I can do this. You know, yeah, but I tell you what, the light at the end of the tunnel. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's what we really need to be talking about, Isha, because like everybody has struggles, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that to a certain extent, um, we can all relate to everybody's struggle to to a certain extent, right? Um, vicariously, we could learn from from the struggle and different things but the real deal piece is like the other side of it like tell me something good tell me something that says like everything worked out all right tell me something that like these are the things that you were like the life lessons that we were like okay like what could 
our relatives told us about their marriages, whether they're divorced or not, something that will kind of enable us to um, make good choices for ourselves. Yeah. That's where we at right now. Because you on top right now, Isha. Well, I mean, listen. You on top. Let me just say this. I was talking to one of my friends, right, the other day, and she said that she is not going to pray for a man, the Sierra prayer, which I think is lame. Um, but she's not going to pray for a man because she's not ready to be in like a relationship. Right. In the and so she said, what about you? Like, what did you do? So here's my thing. This is what I told her. Cause this is what happened. My first relationship. I prayed for characteristics of a person. I prayed for, you know, the way the person would treat me, the way they would look, the way they would act, you know, the freedom that they would have, whatever, right? Now I'm divorced. (laughs) So I didn't do that the second time. (laughs) So I didn't do that the second time. So what I told her was I prayed for myself. And my prayer the second time around was, for myself to be good. Like I didn't pray for another person to come into my life. I prayed that I would get to know myself better. I would be able to understand my own triggers. I'll be able to understand like, what do I feel is acceptable and not acceptable? And why do I feel that way? Like, you know, I would commit to going to therapy so that I can get some things out that I have been dealing with that I didn't even know I was dealing with. Um, so it was more about myself and then being able to accept another person when the time was right, as opposed to saying, like, I want to pray for this person who's going to treat me right and who's going to be committed and who's funny or whatever, whatever. No, I didn't even do that because that ended up in a bad way for me. So yeah. and when people say, be careful what you pray for, it's, it's the truth, like, Y'all are asking for things, but is it really what you want? And I think that sometimes like you, you know, going through a divorce will help you evaluate that or going through a bad relationship or getting a job that you just knew was the your dream job. And it's not because you just had this idea of what it should be as opposed to focusing on yourself and allowing God to like lead you to where you're supposed to be. Amen. So, and it's funny that like you went in that direction because lately I've, I've been thinking, especially when like ski come over here and we're talking and a lot of our, our conversations like ghetto gospel, you know, yeah, um, definitely rooted in the word, but you know, we, we are just really trying to figure out and navigate some of the things that are, you know, on this timeline. And like, that's what you're talking about. Like the specificity of prayer. Mm-hmm. And what I've learned is like, man, like all my prayers have been answered. Like literally, I'm not saying God is a genie in a bottle, but like they all get answered. Maybe not when I want them to. Yeah. But over time, I've seen them all, you know, yeah. and making sure that you pray for like the right things and for the right reasons. That way you can recognize when it's there because it was something that like you like it's it's more than tangible. Yeah. You know, it's something that you can feel. Then you can actually accept like the gift. But a lot of times, 
just like your first prayers, man, my first prayers, even though I kind of settled 80, 20 to a certain extent, man, I, 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 like my prayers, they, I ain't even going to get into them. They weren't about nothing. You know what I'm saying? They were shallow. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and not shallow in the sense of like, if you looked at what was written on this paper for like, like the top 10 things that I would possibly want, mm-hmm. of course, like God fearing and things like that are on there. But if you could dig a little bit deeper, you know, and you could talk about the spirituality of a person, like maybe somebody who is a little bit more focused in their prayer life, like things get challenging. Maybe you pray more specifically about something in in that capacity. And those were things that, like I seen, I was like, okay, so the first time around, it was like, okay, yeah, let me just get these things that actually will make me feel good. Yeah. You know? but they're actually very temporary. You know, they don't have enough substance and that's like, that's where I'm at now. So like, I haven't written any new lists. Um, and very similar to life or at least my life, like God looks at my plans and laugh. And while I can sit here in my all intents and purposes, like, yeah, I'm successful, but this ain't what the fuck I set out to be, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> you know, like at all, this is like a far cry. It's just, it's still a good life. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm happy for it. But the biggest thing that we could probably do that would have an impact that would make us feel whole, satiated, complete. It's probably praying about it and saying, like, God, fill these gaps, you know. Yeah. And <laughs> if you fill these gaps, then this is probably when I'll feel my best <laughs> yeah, and be able to stay with somebody because you want to know where I'm lacking. They actually compliment me. Yeah. So do you, cause so for me, I went right back online (laughs) after I got divorced, I was right back online and initially like I was just having fun. You know what I mean? Like you meet people and you go out and hang out, whatever, um, not the serious. And I was probably on there for like. I don't know, nine months. Shit. Something like that. Just chill. Hey, Isha, I was in the game like EA Sports. <laughs> Look, before I was fucking divorced, I was back online. <laughs> well, I, no, I did. I did wait. Look, I'm going to keep it funky. When, my, when I realized that my attempts to get back with my ex, like, let me take this motherfucker on a date. Let me, we've done none of these things that I'm about to mention. <laughs> Let me take her salsa dancing. Let's go ride these motherfucking ponies that I got this ticket for. You know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to do stuff. We did none of it. Mm. Like absolutely none of it. Yeah. So I jumped back online quickly and I was yeah. like, there are other women who like doing shit. <laughs> yeah. And and real deal, it was like, I wasn't ready initially. And that's when I realized that there were so many other people who weren't ready to be in relationships. You know, meeting women who want to rush me into like, fuck speed dating. This is like speed marriage because I yeah. actually want a baby by the end of the year. And we got eight months less and we should be married, you know, yeah. like before that happens. Um, I met those um, you know, I met the confused, the downtrodden, depressed, like the, you know, I'm attracting everything that like I'm giving off at any given week, yeah. <laughs> you know, 
So it, it was a lot of that. Um, I did have some pretty significant relationships inside that that made me have changes of heart and forced me to grow. You know, yeah. one was like the woman I lied to for a couple of months because I didn't want to tell her I was fucking getting a divorce. My bitch, I'm divorced already. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I'm too ashamed to tell you was what you bad and I ain't trying to let you get out of my hands. Yeah. And that's <laughs> me being selfish. Yeah. You know, it's it's not it's not a predominant characteristic, but it sure isn't a fine quality. Yeah. And when that was over, rightfully so, I realized how I had messed that up. I fucked that one up, Isha. I have no regrets, but I will tell you, she was a model. She was <laughs> bad. <laughs> and in my mind, I'm like, on paper, this is this is great. Looking at her, this this is everything that I want. But something was still ticking that was like, you already know. This is going to end just how you started it. Yeah. You know, like this, like you shouldn't have done that. I didn't want that to happen. So I eventually told her, but we months into it. And of course, like she, she was the one who corrected me. Like, I can't like, of course you changed our relationship. Nigga, you lied. Yeah. A lie is a lie. We don't care what we're talking about. Somebody lied to me. You're a liar. (laughs) So You feel me? So I I had to respect. I had to look. I had to take that one. But she actually showed me that it was okay. Like you shouldn't be embarrassed. She's like, look, I look. I done been there before. I'm not divorced, but I was engaged. Like right before the wedding, I had to walk away from somebody. You know, I've had somebody else propose to me and I had to, you know, put them on ice. And those were things that, like, I don't want to talk about because I don't want, you know, a new person to come into my life and think that, you know, like I would do these same things to you or I'm a flight risk, whatever, you know, story we want to build in our head. But the long and the shorter was like, I learned that. But along that journey, and and I know we talked about, like, how long have I been divorced? I'm going to say three years. Yeah, it's approaching three. It's been longer than that. You think so? I don't know. I can't count. Even though I have an MBA. You know, it's the wine. Things is about to be two. How (coughs) is one about to be? Five. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then look, (laughs) I'll take that. You know, the crazy thing was, as that was happening, right? And that was, I had these, like, other situations, these other growth moments. Because, like, Mm -hmm. all right, now I'm comfortable. Yeah. I'm separated. What? (laughs) (laughs) But then only the people who are willing to deal with a separated person, Mm kind of like a shaky past in a sense, you know, like kind of can't predict which way this will go. Will he go back home to his wife? You know, like like, I'm in the game now. So I'm meeting now people who have a checkered past or may not be 100 percent honest some situations like I already knew going into it, like this is probably somebody I should avoid. Mm, yeah. And not that everything went down the same road with, let's say, dating, sex, and really like having some form of a relationship. Some mm-hmm. of it was like, I got what I needed from you after a date or two. Yeah. And I kept it pushing. And that's what I'm I'm saying. Like life after divorce is it's probably like a misconception It's not as bleak as a lot of people think it is, 
you know, you get those moments when like you can rebuild yourself, when you can recapture your energy or you can find out the person who you actually are probably got lost somewhere trying to entertain the person who wanted you to be something you're not. Yeah. You know? And I think too, along those lines, like when you look at something as a negative, it's going to be a negative, but if you take it for what it was and you take those lessons from it um, and you realize like what you went through it helps you understand like, okay, this is what I know I can tolerate. This is what I cannot tolerate. And I don't mean little things like, you know, somebody being clean or somebody not having a job, not those things. I'm talking about like, you're having a conversation and you tell someone something being vulnerable and they're just like, oh, okay. And it's like, that's it. Like, yeah. Like, you're not going to say anything back. And I hear what you're saying. Like, Yo, can you be attentive to the shit that I'm like going yeah, through? Yeah, like that's a big deal. <laughs> like if I'm saying something to you that like I'm opening up and I'm like, you know, saying something that is clearly uncomfortable for me to talk about, regardless of what it is. Um, and then you just like, mm, mm, okay. And it's like no reassurance, no like. Yeah, that's not how I am. You know, that's not something you have to worry about or that happened to my homeboys. You know, my sister is the same way with her dad or like something like give me something where I know it's like I'm that, talking like, to you and you already checked out this yeah, conversation. Like I what need you, you to be with me. Like You need yeah. to be interacting and you need to show support like and those were some situations that, you know, I had and like there was this one guy. So I used to write a blog. I don't know if you ever read it, but when mm-hmm. I started writing about my online dates, I'm talking about like I had so I had more views during that time than like any other blogs that I wrote. And it was, you know, people would be sending me messages and like telling me stories about their online dates. And so I was dating this guy who was a pilot. And like, I mean, we would have like real discussions, you know, whether it was over the phone or when he would come into town. And so um, one day I talked to him about my miscarriage and I mean, like very supportive, like, you know, kind of talked to me about some things. But then at the end of the conversation, he was like, well, I don't want kids. Like I have a daughter. I barely see her. So if that's something that you want. You know, we can kind of go our separate ways. You go have your kid with whoever you want to have it with. Come back, you know, Uncle Jason will be here, but that's not my kid. But, you know, I mean, if you want it, I'll give you that time to go do that. And it's like, what? Yeah. Like, no, that's not. Yeah. No, like I'm not even in that space to where if I wanted a kid with someone that I'm just going to be like, Hey, so I'm in this relationship, but he don't want a kid. So can we just kind of make this happen? Like that's crazy out there. Oh, I know. Like mirroring that. Like I I met a woman, like, so we never talked on the phone. We did text. (laughs) (laughs) And and our, our text message was like, you know, okay. Yeah. I'm the dude from match and you were so-and-so. Yeah. And, and we polying and a little bit of back and forth. And she just jumped right into it. Like, yo, I see you got a good job. <laughs> I'm thinking like, okay, scammer. 
hell do you want now? <laughs> and then, and she was like, you know, I'm really trying to have a baby. Mm. And I was like, well, this sounds like sex. So yeah, bitch, me too. <laughs> <laughs> and, and she was like, no, I'm serious. Like, we don't have to date. We don't have to be in a relationship. I just want to make sure that, like, if you can get me pregnant and I have a healthy baby, that you can afford to pay child support. Wow. And she was dead serious. <laughs> like I said, like, we're texting. This is, the, yeah. like, this is the first text conversation. So, like I said, I thought it was going one way. I thought he was about to be talking wild. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not at all. And I was like, I will not be supporting <laughs> your child support. I'm like texting away. <laughs> and, and that was that. But there, there's there's so many things that are out there, mm-hmm. you know, people and their expectations and what they want. Like, it kind of blew my mind. But like, yeah. that was that was like the first one, seen, you know? Yeah. And then, of course, there are others, not always as extreme or as forthcoming. Mm-hmm. which is the most important thing. Like you waste a lot of time with people not telling you their intentions, right? Yeah. You know, like months could go by and you would not have known that this dude doesn't, you know. And it kids. was like, it was probably yeah. like a good three months and it was just very, very random. Now I will say it was three months, but you, you know, with him being a pilot, we would see each other maybe twice a month. Mm-hmm. If that, cause he would be working. Um, Mm -hmm. so, but still I was just, I was shocked. And then like in my head, I'm thinking like, how would that even work? Like, and then I kind of got, I don't want to say offended, but I'm in my head. I'm like, you clearly don't know me that I wouldn't just have a baby just to have a baby. I would prefer to not have any kids and be with this person. than just go have a kid with somebody at random, just to say, I have a kid. Like, so it was like a lot of things that went into that whole conversation where I was just like, okay, so clearly these conversations that I felt were like so deep and, you know, we're really getting to know each other. No, I know nothing about you. Like that one comment, like, let me know that you are not the person that I thought you were. Yeah. Yo, you want to know, I did want to touch on some other things. It's like, I didn't want to skip over these things because I thought about them before. And I don't know who needs to hear it, but it was like one of those things that like when it happened, I was like, I was like, this has to be God, long story short. So I had, you know, dealing with my anxiety and stuff going through like, you know, this divorce. I had some periods where I was like angry. Yeah. And I'm saying that lightly because it's like, I don't think I've ever experienced that level of rage where I was like literally on fire. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, And almost uncontrollable at times. Like the times where like I was at that point, thank God nothing happened. Yeah. Thank God. Like I didn't upset my career or hurt a relationship or somebody or myself. Mm -hmm. Um, But like just. I was furious. I'm on fire, walking around with flames coming off my head. And there was a, a woman that I had took on a date. And, you know, she's opening up to me, talking and different things. And it was like one of those things where, like, it, I didn't 
in my mind, it's not like I'm processing like, okay, I want to hurt my ex or I want to hurt whomever she dates or I want to hurt somebody. I'm just mad. I'm furious. Yeah. I'm just on, I'm on fire. I'm actually waiting for a reason to, <laughs> to go yeah. off. And, you know, I'm talking to this woman and she actually was a survivor of domestic abuse. Mm. Her story was extreme. Her ex actually like, held her hostage like stripped her naked duct taped her wow. you know like the whole not had the gun and was like contemplating to do it or not long story short she dove out of the second floor window mm. you know obviously has some some injuries but alive and well yeah and that person fled only to to get caught and when she told me this my mind my only takeaway was like, I didn't really feel bad for her. My first thought was like, I wonder what you did to set him off, <laughs> which isn't like the right thing to think. Yeah. But if my takeaway actually was like, it's never worth it. You know? Yeah. Um, I know that at some point, you know, my ex would do things to like, let me just see how he'll respond. And that is never wise. Yeah. You know, especially when you think you're losing everything. That's not a good thing to do. It's not smart at all. But what that situation showed me when I said that it wasn't worth it, man, that dude sitting behind some bars right now for something that once he got on the path to do what he was doing, he realized he wouldn't even go through with it. Yeah. So I looked at the initial anger that I harbored for such a long time. You know what I'm saying? Like, I would never have told her that like I was mad at my ex sometimes or whatever, you know, like if there was a trigger that might set me off because it's supposed to be dead and gone. Yeah. You know, not supposed to be a thing. But hearing that story, it it showed me that there should be nothing under like the sun that would make me want to hurt somebody or put myself in a position where I lose my freedom in that capacity, not over a broken relationship. I mean, I get it. It's marriage. Mm hmm. It's blessed by God, but it's still just a relationship, yeah. you know, because when you go to the end of your timeline and you meet God, your husband or wife ain't standing there with you, you know, to attest to <laughs> either right. your sins or the good deeds that you've done, yeah. you know? So that was like one thing that I was like, I'll never forget that. And I wanted to like share that, like, it's never really worth it. And other people were probably challenged in like different areas. You know, and I'm not even going to use my imagination and stretch it and say, like, what would make you do one thing versus the other? But if it's not leading to, like, your empowerment or to make you better in some, like, form or fashion in anything, like, more intellectual, more spiritual, you know, to give you a better body because you're taking care of your physical. If it doesn't do any of that, it ain't good for you. And yeah. you might as well just let it go. And that was one of the things that are definitely... Didn't want to leave out, Isha. Yeah, but I will say, like, like my ex would antagonize me and just do things and try to set me off all the time. Like, you know me. I'm, like, such a chill person. There's yeah. very little that, like, gets me upset. Very little. Yeah. Like, even if I have a disagreement with somebody, it really takes, like, certain things to really set me off to, like, you know, make me upset. Yeah. And like, I would tell him all the time, like, why are you poking a bear? Like you're doing these things on purpose 
and you're saying things that I've talked to you about in the past of things that have bothered me and you're bringing them up to try to piss me off because I, I'm not one that just gets upset easily. And so like he would definitely want a reaction. But what I told him was, sadly, you grew up in a house that was so chaotic that when you have calm, you can't handle it. Can't even handle it. And he couldn't. He couldn't. You can't sit here and have a conversation with me about something that we are not agreeing upon. You have to say something to try to get me to yell. So that yeah. then when you yell back, it's justified. Or when you respond, you know, in a, in a way that you shouldn't, it's justified because I did it first. But you're really like trying to make me go there. And I, it, it, it was a really sad situation. Um, but you know, again, like I realized that, you know, for me, it's not like you said, it's not worth it. It's not worth letting someone take you so far out of your own character that you just are not you don't even recognize who you are because of what they've turned you into and that's a wrap on another amazing episode i know you were just as inspired as i was after hearing today's guest and to let us know how we're doing leave us a review like and subscribe to the podcast you can also follow us on all social media platforms from facebook to youtube at the color of influence and on instagram the underscore color underscore of underscore influence and our website is still the same theblackgirlblogger.com where you can check out all of our episodes as well and don't forget to share the podcast with someone you know and have them share it with someone that they know thank you all for listening until next time peace out